True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we're so excited to be talking to you tonight. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And uh, Renee, I'm so happy that you had a great Christmas. You got to celebrate twice, right? Yeah, we did actually. We had a, um, we actually had the New Year's Eve, I mean Christmas Eve, I'm already in the New Year's by the way, the Christmas Eve one, Christmas Day, and then the one the day after Christmas. So yeah, we, we had a, a, a couple of them. It was uh, wonderful, but exhausting. <laughs> oh my gosh. No kidding. You and I didn't even talk for like three days. That shows how worn out we were. I know. Um, we just went like underground full Christmas, you know, mode. Um, so anyway, um, I just wanted to start off by thanking Mr. Bobby Chacon again for being on our show. That was an amazing episode. And we appreciate him so much. And Renee, I appreciate you setting that up. When you told me you got a hold of him on Twitter, I was blown away. And you turned right around and got him scheduled. That was amazing. He was so informative. Yeah, I, it was a really uh, good episode. I'm really glad he was able to um, come on and, and be part of that, you know, that um, episode we did. And it was really informative. I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like I learned a lot from that. Yeah, he really made me feel a lot better about Missy's case, about how the FBI doesn't blab. And we know for a fact that the FBI was active in Missy's investigation toward the beginning, less as time wore on, but still present. But, um, you know, and that makes sense. They were telling them just to keep everything quiet. And, um, you know, he made me feel a lot better about that. It doesn't mean that it's a cold case if they're being quiet. That means they're working and they're doing what they should do. So that's great. I really enjoyed that. I kind of knew that already, but you know how sometimes you need someone to just tell you that? It really, um, it made me feel better. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so tonight we are going to talk again about Chris Watts. You know, he, um, we had done a couple of episodes on him and um, we never got around to discussing why we thought that this was more than likely a premeditated um, crime that when he killed his family, this wasn't just a crime of passion. Uh, we do not think that, I mean, Renee and I are kind of on the same page here. We don't really necessarily think that everything was cool and then they just had this huge blowout fight and he just lost it and flew into a rage and killed everyone we really it just has some elements that sort of appear to be premeditated I guess Renee and I'll take turns I'll start off with kind of my favorite one um the one that really makes me think it's premeditated is um Chris Watts told this guy that was scheduled to be at that location now he works at a huge oil place called anadarko and apparently it's just massive and sprawling and the section where he buried his poor family his wife and kids um there was a guy that was supposed to be out there um i'm not sure if he was supposed to be assisting chris or working independently but whatever the case may be he was supposed to be there that next morning chris told him not to go he goes don't worry about it i got it and 
then that just happens to be where he buried his family the next morning same time same place that he told his his but his work buddy not to go there yeah that was um you know that that was a pretty good in, inclination that it was planned i mean just the fact that you know he didn't want i guess the the other guy was going to be going out there to do some work with him or maybe he was going to go out there and, and chris watts was wasn't he was supposed to go out there I mean, and you know, that was pretty risky of him to do because what if the guy would have been like, oh no, I got to come out there anyway because I got to finish this up or I got to do this, you yeah. know? I know, right? Well, and maybe, you know, the saving grace for Chris, well, even though pff, he didn't deserve a saving grace and he got busted anyway, but I'm just saying for that particular piece of it, maybe his saving grace was that that guy, you know, if he did decide, oh, I will go out there and help Chris or I will go check it out, at least he did dump the bodies really, really early maybe before right. somebody might have been there but um but anyway did you want to tell one or go ahead I, I'm trying I'm, I didn't even go through those earlier so oh don't worry about it okay the other thing that kind of makes me think it's premeditated is he was telling his mistress Nicole Kessinger that he was going to be free soon and because he was getting a divorce and you know and and clearly Shanann and Chris did not have any plans to get a divorce if you look at all the records of her text and everything right up until when she died that there was no divorce plans pending but that's what he told his mistress oh right. don't worry we're gonna you know i'm gonna be free soon we're gonna have a divorce and yeah 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 blah 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 and um she was supposedly you know nicole kessinger was supposedly helping him find an apartment and um so he was sort of dangling the carrot of freedom to her and um it just reminded me of, of Scott Peterson. You remember how Scott Peterson told his mistress, Amber Fry, he would say things like, I lost my wife, you know, and, and she wasn't dead yet at that point. Um, but Chris just sort of, and he also wrote Nicole Kessinger a card. He had written her some very lovey-dovey letters and stuff while he was obviously still married to Shanann Watts. Um, but he wrote one greeting card and he wrote in it, big things are about to happen. And I'm not saying that necessarily means he was planning to kill his family, but I just, it just kind of seems like he was getting really excited about being with Nicole Kessinger and he knew he was going to be free soon by the way he talked. Right. And then the other thing that made me think it was probably premeditated was now this could be this, I realize this could go either way, but he had, when Shanann was out of town um, and Chris was home, this is right before the murders he sent Shanann a picture of, you know, my mom used to call them walking dolls. It's those tall plastic yes. dolls and you can like hold their hand and make them walk. Um, they're, they call them like life-size dolls, even though they're not quite life-size, I guess to a child they could be, but anyway, and um, he sent a picture of it lying on the couch with its face covered up, looking like it was dead or it had been suffocated by the blanket over its head just kind of unsettling looking picture. And he sent it to Shanann and said that Bella had done that. And Shanann's like, uh, I don't know what to think about this when she wrote him back. And then, um, cause you know, she's away from her kids too. At this point, she was on that business trip in Arizona with the other Nicole Atkinson. So, um, her friend that, you know, that we all know about by now. Um, so anyway, so I just thought that was kind of weird and foreshadowing. He and Chris admitted later that he actually had posed the doll that way just so he could get Shanann's reaction. Yeah, I, I, um, I remember seeing that post and um, how everybody was going back and forth about it and it, um, and how it was kind of like creepy and weird, you know, like why would the kids do something like that? 
So I, I do think that that's an odd thing for him to send her to see her reaction. You know, like how does that even pertain to well, and especially and killing the kids, right? <laughs> and and especially since he covered his daughter's heads and strangled them with blankets over their heads and suffocated yeah. them. I mean, yeah. you know, awful. Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess that's about all I have to say on that. I really thought that I had more that it was premeditated, but also um, he, you know, the next morning, so he buries that. Well, he buries Shanann in a shallow grave. And he puts those poor little girls in the um, gas battery, I mean, the oil batteries. And then he goes, he goes to work and everybody at work said that he was just acting totally normal, like just another day. He was just normal Chris, which is just so weird to think about after he did all that. And um, they said the only thing they noticed that was different was that he had like one of his pant legs was sort of like tucked into his boot and the other one wasn't like he was a little disheveled looking but he wasn't acting any different at all and they said that his car was parked in a little bit different place than normal but they didn't really no red flags had gone up with anybody at work um so i just thought that was kind of interesting um and can we are you ready to talk about nicole kessinger because i have a few things to say about her yeah, I wanted to, to add something, you know, I know the fact, I know the fact that, um, you know, he obviously it's in some way, fashion or form planned this, whether it was every step of it, or maybe just the fact that he was going to kill his family. Maybe he didn't have all the, you know, each little piece planned out because I found it odd that the only thing he could come up with was that she took off with a friend on a play date. I thought that was kind of strange. Like maybe he didn't think that far ahead and it just was the first thing that he could come up with. I mean, like how many people, I mean, like me and you, we're, we're not going to tell our husbands or our friends that we're going on a play date. Like that's, I mean, I know she was probably referring to like, she was going to go hang out with a friend and they had some kids and the kids were going to play together. But I don't think she would do that if they're having arguments or they're having disagreements or talking about splitting up. So I thought, well, and, oh. and yeah, we talked, we talked about this on the other podcast about Chris Watts is that I mean, you know, it's so obvious that's not what happened because her car was in the garage and both exactly. the cars were still sitting there. So yeah, that was just a really, he just was really struggling because I don't think he had any clue. He wasn't smart enough to have enough foresight to think that Nicole, Kess Nicole Atkinson, excuse me, the other Nicole in this story is, um, is his wife's really good friend. And she knew something was up because um, Shanann had missed her doctor's appointment that morning and she knew that she was going to go. I mean, that, that was her OBGYN checkup for the baby. And then, um, then she, Nicole went over there after she couldn't get a hold of her. I think Chris underestimated just how smarter, how much smarter everybody else is than he is. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like they, they knew if they hadn't heard from Shanann, something was wrong. And Nicole had texted her a few times to make sure she's okay and nothing. Cause you know, Shanann had been in a really bad place all weekend emotionally, and it was affecting her physically because she would, didn't feel like eating or anything. And so Nicole Atkinson was keeping tabs on her friend, which is what Chris should have been doing with his wife. But instead, no, um, he was doing the opposite. But Nicole Atkinson really cared for Shanann and wanted to make sure she's okay and just wasn't hearing back from her. So by noon, she was like, okay, I'm coming over. You know, she remember we saw this text. She said, well, I'm coming right. over to your house. And I think that Chris Watts thought he had all day to clear out her stuff, 
and to get everything organized and to get his story straight. I didn't, I don't think he, I think he thought he was going to play the sympathetic, this, he, this is his narcissism at work. He was going to really play on the public sympathy and get all this attention because his wife and children are missing. He was going to just bask in the afterglow of that for a while while he, you know, got everything put away. He had no idea that Nicole Atkinson would have authorities at his house by lunchtime. Exactly. That was kind of a, a um, you know, a, a problem with his plan because it was definitely, I think he thought, I'll go to work, you know, do everything I need to do, and then I'll get off work and I'll come home and I'll finish doing everything I need to do, you mm -hmm. know, and I won't know that she's even missing until I come home because I'm thinking she's at home and then everything will be fine. We'll shoot through a wrench on that plans real quick. Right. And, and um, so, oh yeah, and you know what else he did that morning that is so suspicious? I mean, I, like I was telling you on the phone the other day, I mean, it's like he was trying to get caught, okay? He said, he calls the girl's school and says that he needs to pull them out and disenroll them. They're not coming back. What? I mean, why do that? That's the most suspicious looking thing in the world. If your kids are missing, don't do that. I know, I, mean, I guess, I don't know if he was trying to keep them from calling to see like, well, where are the girls? I guess he thought that that would keep them from calling anybody. Like maybe her no mom and was on there as like second or third contact or something, but that was so dumb. It was so dumb. And then the other thing he did was call his real estate agent. Hello, I'm a real estate agent. And I watched the news. If somebody called me whose family was missing and said, I want to list my house, I would be like, I'm going to get out of here as fast as I can. And then I'm right. going to call my Oh <laughs> exactly. my gosh. What was he thinking? I mean, that was a big national, heck, international uh, news story. And he's just going to do, do, do. I'm just going to inquire about selling my house. He is not very smart. And um, so anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk about those things. And, um, and then also Nicole Kessinger had said, hey, be sure to, look up the lyrics for battery we talked about this on the last chris watts episode that metallica song that chris likes and it talks about can't kill your family and all that stuff what's that all about and why is nicole telling him to look it up i'm just as time wears on i become more suspicious of nicole kessinger I just, something doesn't sit well with me. I'm not saying she was there. She rolled up her sleeves and was helping with the murder that morning, but there's just something she just, I feel like she knows more than what she let on. It seems like she said a lot of things to law enforcement in her interviews that were just lies. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people that agree with you on that. Cause you hear, you see a lot of people talking about the fact that um, she deleted her text and if she didn't have anything to hide, why delete her text? Because it was, it was already going to come out that they had a relationship, that they were seeing each other. And then plus the fact yeah. that the phone pinged that morning at what, 630? Well, I think. okay, let's go back to the text. It not only does it bother me that before on her, you know, before she went into the police interview, she had a heads up. They didn't just come and grab her off the street. She knew she had an appointment to go down there and talk to him. So she had an opportunity to delete all of her texts between her and Chris. And she deleted the text between her and her best friend about Chris. And she told her friend to do the same. Imagine if I called you and said, hey, Renee, can you delete every single message I sent you about Mike? Like ever, okay, it's really important. I mean, exactly. how fishy is that? And because I'm going to talk to the police. 
And then here's what else bothers me about that. She Googled, can police get your, get, find your texts after you've deleted them? Why was she so worried? I didn't understand. <laughs> you know what just happened? I heard a voice. You, you said, you said Google and my, Hey Google, it just started talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But do you see what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> it's still, it's still in there I'll try not to, I'll try not to say, I'll try not to say the G word again. Right. Um, but, but do you see what I'm saying though? Oh, absolutely. Why, why did she go to all that trouble? She deletes her own text between her and Chris. She tells her friend to delete the ones between the two of them about Chris. And then she Googles, are police going to be able to figure out, can they find your texts after you've deleted them? What is all that about? If you don't have anything to hide, why are you acting that way? Yeah, that's, a lot of people have issues with that. I've read that a lot and I agree with it. I, I totally don't understand why the police just kind of let it go. It's very strange how they were just like, okay, we have him. That's all we care about. Yeah, she did a lot of fibbing because she was saying stuff to the police like, oh, you know, I just not that interested in him. I told him to go work it out with his wife, blah, blah, blah. And then meanwhile, police found that she was searching Shanann Watts name like crazy. And she was saying stuff like, I had no idea she was pregnant and I had no idea that they were getting a divorce. Well, if you look at Shanann Watts wide open Facebook page, you can see that none of that's true. They weren't heading for divorce. She never gave any indication of it. And, and also um, Nicole um, Kessinger at that same exact time was also Googling wedding dresses. And here's the other stuff that she was Googling that was suspicious. How much money did Amber Fry make on her book? Oh yeah. Okay. Amber Fry was. That Scott is Peterson. real. Yeah. Suspicious. And Scott Peterson's mistress was Amber Fry. Hello. So very similar circumstances. This one. And she also uh, Googled, um, do people, why do, do people hate Amber Fry? And then she also Googled, my, my man says he'll leave his wife. And she also Googled, um, do men marry, like marrying your mistress, you know, words yeah. like that. Now she I looked up I, wedding dresses for like two hours, didn't she? Yes. All this was very lengthy. These weren't just like a quick thing. I mean, she was spending a lot of time and she had searched Shanann many, 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 many times. So that's just really weird. And, um, and Nicole Kessinger never told the police that she had given Chris Watts a key to replace. Um, but she had, and she was trying to make, she was really trying to distance herself from Chris and all those police interviews. And, that's just the evidence shows that she was a far cry from being distanced. She was even acting jealous when he went out to North Carolina to be with her. Um, he texted her when he got there and he said, I can only text, can't talk. And then Nicole Kessinger wrote back and said, why are you with, are you with her? I mean, wow. if I mean, that doesn't sound like someone who's disinterested. Like she tried to make it sound like, and the exactly. wedding dress Googling, I don't Google wedding dresses when you're dating someone casually. Exactly. That doesn't even make sense. After two months, like that, that's even more bizarre on that part. Oh, and here's, something else. Well, and here's something else. On July 4th, she told cops that, oh yeah, I went by his house and I was helping him with his diet and exercise goals. We put together a plan and that just sounds like BS. I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> um, and then all this stuff about how, oh yeah, he made us some lunch. 
Well, what she failed to tell police is what Chris had told um, the author of Letters to Christopher, and I think he told police this too. Um, he, Chris's version of events is they woke up together at Nicole's apartment that morning on July 4th. He had slept over there July 3rd. And he said, oh, I've got to go home to talk to Shanann because he woke up on July 4th to multiple missed calls from Shanann because she's starting to smell a rat, right? Because her husband's acting very different. Right. And so um, he tells uh, Nicole, I've got to go home. I've got to go talk to Shanann. Well, that made Nicole mad. And um, that was when Chris said that was one of the times he had to quote, talk her off the cliff um, because Nicole, that Kessinger was upset. And so Nicole went over there to um, Chris and Shanann's house. So she made it sound like, oh, I just went over there to help him with his diet and exercise plans. No, she flew over there to make sure, you know, her man wasn't talking to his wife too long. Right, exactly. Like that. So there's just so much conflicting stuff. And here's what really gets me, Renee. There's a lot that we can say about Nicole Kessinger and all that. But the thing that really is incredible is once Chris Watts confessed to the murders, and they got the full confession and they were satisfied that they got, you know, pretty much the whole story. And they closed the book on that investigation. The funding for the investigation stopped and it was over. And Nicole Kessinger got off scot-free. And I'm not saying she had anything to do with it, but it just seems like there's enough here that they should have at least questioned her some more. And, you know, whenever they questioned her, they were so gentle with her. If anyone out there has ever watched these or listened to the, the interviews on, on YouTube, what about, it's such a softball interview. And how about them letting her have her dad in the room? What's up with that? He's not an attorney. And he's sitting there going, oh, that's leading. I mean, he's jumping in like wow. an attorney. And, and I mean, maybe he was living out some attorney fantasy. Maybe he used to watch LA law in the eighties, you know, and he was just really having a good time. But my point is, is I can't imagine a some, I mean, that's a quadruple homicide. And if we're going to count the unborn child and hello, I mean, Nicole just, so here's my question. Let's say that you and I go crazy and we go somewhere and kill somebody you and I do. Mm-hmm. Well, if I just go, don't worry about it, Renee, I'll take the fall. They already suspect me. You can get a, You can just stay free. I'll just take the fall. So I go in and admit to the whole thing. Then they just stop investigating you. Like it's over. That just doesn't sound right. Yeah, that does sound pretty weird. I mean, it's just like, why? That doesn't even make sense to me because it just seems like in Colorado, I guess, if one person admits to a crime and there's other suspects or if there's an accomplice, they'll just stop investigating it. Cause I just really think there's enough here where Nicole Kessinger need to be talked to. She just did too many weird things. And um, I actually wrote some more stuff down that she had done and I kind of stopped. Well, she had Chris saved in her programmed into her cell phone by June 14th. And um, wow. she just really, was not that that means anything. I'm just saying that the way she presented things to the cops and the way things really went down are two different things. Oh, and another thing that this is huge that we, why we were saying we thought that it was premeditated. Remember Mm -hmm. Um, whenever Chris flew out to North Carolina on July 31st to join Shanann and the girls on that trip, 
um, he gave her 80 milligrams of oxycodone for her headache. And he probably didn't tell her what the pill was. He probably was just like, this is safe. Don't worry about it. And he was hoping that she would miscarry that baby. And, and that's just so sad. I mean, that shows that his head is not in the right place. If he's trying to kill at least a portion of his family at that point. Right. Um, they had already named Nico. They knew it was going to be a little boy. I mean, that's just sick. And, um, and here's something else about that that's interesting. And um, he said he will never reveal who gave him that pill. Well, that's, that's interesting. My, my point on that is he had spent every single night that um, Shanann was away with Nicole, at, um, with Nicole Kessinger. He had slept over her apartment every night. So did she give him the pill? I mean, he could have gotten it somewhere else, but he's protecting whoever it is. It did say that she was taking medications at one point. I wonder if they were kind of leading into in that direction. You know what I'm saying? Nicole Kissinger, I'm talking about her, that she was taking medication. So I wonder if. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that she. Oh, true. Yeah, I don't know. But it's just like. I don't know. And, and why is he saying that he will never reveal who gave him that pill? He's protecting somebody. Yeah. And then, you know, Nicole Kessinger asked the FBI how she can change her name after Chris Watts got arrested. Yeah, we talked about that last episode and I, I tried to find out what it was, you know, because sometimes people do find stuff out, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't even I know. know if she's actually done it. She well, did that was her plan. But. And she must have really good family members and friends because no one has ratted her out yet. Like no one's done an interview and said, oh, I've talked to her. She's not doing well or whatever. I mean, everyone stayed quiet. No one has ratted out what her new name is. Right. Um, That's what I was figuring we would find out, but not, not yet. And, you know, she didn't even have to testify against him because he pled guilty. So what right. is she, why is she, here's my point. What is she hiding from? Like, why is she in hiding? Amber Fry faced the world head on. I mean, she's the one that mentioned Amber Fry. So I feel like it's okay for me to mention it, compare her to Amber Fry. Amber Fry, Chris Peter, Chris Peterson. I mean, sorry, Chris Peterson. Um, I'll talk <laughs> about Chris Peterson in a minute. Scott Peterson um her, his mistress was just so upset about what happened and was mortified to think that she was some kind of catalyst for something like that um but I mean you think that. about it Amber's like she was more you could honestly tell she was innocent and really didn't know and that Scott had lied about everything and told her all these lies about his his wife and you know all this stuff and so she was really innocent but I think I mean obviously we know the difference is, is that Nicole Kessinger is guilty and I think that she knows that people hate her because she knew about her and she knew you know that he had a family and she didn't care she was like ruthless like I want him and I'm gonna get him because I mean it even said in there that she had just started working there. I know I talked about this on the last podcast that we did of Chris Watts. She had just started working there a couple of months before, like literally just not long before she had met him. Mm -hmm. She started working there in like May or June and they met like a couple of weeks after that and started mm -hmm. talking. And, but it says she was um, Googling information about um, Shanann way before that. So it's real. Yeah. I'm still trying to put that all together. Like, I know. 
eyes on him and she's like I'm getting a job there you know or something I don't know it's just weird I know I think she was zeroing in on Chris and long before he they knew got together. who she was yeah like where oh, did she and, and, find out who and, he was and I and lately I don't know why I keep calling Scott Peterson lately I've done it like six times I keep calling him Chris Peterson Chris Peterson if anyone out there remembers an old tv show called Get a Life Chris Peterson was the main character and I loved that show and it was he was played by Chris Elliott so that's why I keep saying that but um anyway so yeah I um looking at some more of my notes here um make sure I didn't miss anything about wacky oh well and I got some of my information from it was a pretty good YouTube channel it's called true crime recaps and oh I saw that yeah she really went over everything really well um okay so then they get back and then on August 9th Shanann left for Arizona and that's when Chris sent that weird picture of the doll and then on um let's see oh yeah and so Chris Watts while um Shanann's on that trip for the first time ever he went on a date with Nikki. He called Nicole Kessinger Nikki. He went on a date with Nikki and he used his and Shanann's credit card. He had always used gift cards from his company prior to that. Mm -hmm. But he, they went to Lazy Dog. We have one of those here locally, very popular place. But he took her to Lazy Dog out there and paid on the credit card. And Nicole Kessinger told the police that she just saw that as further proof that Shanann wanted a divorce because he was so brazen to use their credit card yeah um but in reality I think Chris was just like who cares I'm gonna kill her anyway I mean I kind of feel like that's yeah, the way I, it was that's kind of what I'm thinking too and so there's that another, could that, that could be another premeditation point yeah and there's another thing that he talked about in or he told the lady uh Sherilyn Cadle that uh, the one that wrote the book yeah. Um, he told her that he walked away and said, that's the last time I'm going to tuck my babies in. Yes, that's right. So he knew at that point, that was, I guess, the night before when he had the kids and she was gone on that trip for Thrive. Yeah, that, that was actually August 13th, the yeah. night that um, they went out. And then, um, okay, so yeah, on, on August 13th, um, he, Nicole, and Chris had phone sex and talked on FaceTime from 9 p.m. to about 11 p.m. And he told um, his pen pal, which is the author of that book, um, Letters to Christopher, that he was waiting to kill her. And he said he felt like it would just be easier to kill her. And his kids wouldn't think he was a bad guy for running off with another woman. Isn't that crazy? But um, yeah, so he, uh, he had he tucked the girls in just like what you just said I've got my notes the last time he told himself as he's walking away and then after that is when they started that two-hour facetiming phone sex thing and then poor Shanann gets home later that night and I think he probably killed her pretty soon after she arrived or I think her dad might be right because Shanann's dad said that there is no way that his daughter wouldn't have fought back that Chris would have defensive wounds if she was awake so he might have killed her in her sleep he's probably he's lied so much I don't necessarily believe his story about how they got in a fight and he said he wanted a divorce and all that stuff that he told police I don't know if that's true 
Do you know there was a, I see, I, re, I read a comment on a line that said, um, you know, she didn't fight back because she wasn't able to. And I didn't really understand that. So did he mean she wasn't able to because she was asleep? And so she just, but even if you're asleep, you're going to instantly wake up and the, your instant reaction is going to be to survive whatever is happening to you. So that part doesn't make any sense either. So I don't know if he meant like maybe he drugged her. And oh, you mean that was just like that was just some random person's comment on a store on a post? No, that was like a quote from him. He said, "Oh, that she, she couldn't she, fight back." Yeah, he said she didn't fight back because she wasn't oh, able to. That's exactly okay. what he said. So I didn't really understand that. So I was trying to kind of pick it apart and figure out what exactly he meant by that. Well, he had Did initially he said something that, to her. He had initially said that he was sitting on her but oh um, so that's what he maybe that's what he was referring to but still even if even if you have somebody sitting on you're going to be kicking you're going to be screaming you're going to yes, be punching yes. pulling you know moving jumping you know whatever you can do to get away so that there's that's still not going to you know be able to confirm that he, she didn't fight back in some way he, he, he's lied so much there's just no telling there's just really no telling but oh, um that's a disgusting he, but it's just really weird he told that lady sherilyn his pen pal from prison that wrote the book he said that he didn't even think about getting a divorce that he just knew that killing everybody was the way to go that's just so weird yeah there was a um a uh, reporter and and he uh was talking to this um psychologist and he said that he knew that Chris, just from everything that he had learned about him, he was very selfish and he looked at his family as future payments and that, that he believes that is the reason that he was determined to get rid of them because he knew it was just going to be a financial burden on him and he wanted mm -hmm. to live his life the way he wanted to. So it was never a consideration of I'll just get a divorce and I'll just pay child support and I'll just pay alimony or whatever he was going to have to do. I'm just going to kill them all and try to get away with it, which is... yeah. You're right. I do remember seeing some comments, some things written about how he thought that that would just take care of the financial aspect of everything. Just so cold blooded, unbelievable, and, and very ignorant. Like, like who thinks they're gonna get away with something like that? You know, he is really dumb. Um, but anyway, okay. So in that, um, this is something that the lady from True Crime Recaps brought up, and I want to bring it up here. Um. She talked about this and I noticed this, in, you know, you and I both watched that Netflix documentary that came out recently about the Chris Watts case. And um, mm -hmm. one of, remember the neighbor that said that they had seen a truck that was smaller than Chris's at their, by their house. Right. And she described it and they just showed her saying that it was a neighbor standing in her doorway and um, she mentioned seeing a different truck over there. And, you know, I don't know if that was explored by law enforcement. I don't know whose truck that was that said that his truck was gone, but there was another truck parked out there. Now we move into something you mentioned at the beginning. Nikki's phone pinged in Frederick that morning. Why? My question is why she didn't live in Frederick. And when I say that morning, I mean the morning of the murders. It's 6.15 a.m. Nicole Kessinger's cell phone pinged in Frederick. She didn't live in Frederick. She didn't work in Frederick. The only thing in Frederick is her boyfriend and the boy, you know, Chris Watts and Shanann Watts' house. And that is where the murder was taking, took place that morning. Why was she in that area 
with her phone pinging at 6.15. You know, I mean, I wonder if maybe he, but you would think that they would have known if they, there was some phone call made, you know, so I'm wondering if, you know, that the only thing that would make sense to me was that it was a plan and either one, she was there and helped him carry it out or two, she came over to help him because things, you know, didn't go the way he planned, but I'm like you, I mean, that to me, that should have been investigated. It's pretty unbelievable the stuff that Nicole Kessinger's gotten away with. And then, like we were saying earlier, her behavior after the murder is just bizarre. Why is she in hiding and changing her name? Yeah, you shouldn't have had an affair with a married man, but that's not against the law. I mean, why are you hiding? I mean, Amber Fry didn't hide. She was mortified, but she just kept on going on with her life. Why is Nicole in hiding? Why is no one revealing where she is? Why is she not wanting anyone to know where she is? Why is she hiding? Why did she lie to police? Why did she delete all of her texts? What, why did she fib to police so much about everything? Not just the text. I mean, everything. She just, something's just not right there. It's something really doesn't sit well with me with Nicole Kessinger. And I don't understand. I guess it's not too late for them to reopen the case and start questioning Nicole Kessinger. And maybe that's what she's afraid of. Maybe that is why she's in hiding. Very weird. It is weird, and I don't understand it. She tried to make it sound like when she told, asked the FBI how she could change her name, she was trying to make it sound like, because I know people hate me right now, and blah, blah, blah. But I just it just looks like there might be more to it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it just looks like it's at least worth questioning her. Why did you do, why were you getting rid of those text messages and all that stuff? Why not just tell us the truth? I mean, lying, I thought that lying to investigators was a crime in and of itself. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, and and um, not being forthcoming on a you know open investigation, you know, obviously especially, having something much, to do with it, especially a, a multiple homicide. You know, oh this yeah, is a, this is about the most serious crime in the world, and it, she just got to skip away from it. Very weird. It, I saw where it mentioned um, that they somebody said that they should have asked the Anadarko security manager, uh, Tony Heskey, for her time card from that day. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what time she normally went in, though. But yeah, if she normally went in at like eight or nine, then I guess it, the, her morning activities wouldn't matter. But that's a good point. Um, so yeah, did we cover everything we wanted to on Crazy Chris? Yeah, I, I never seen any more. I know that the last time we we did the uh, Chris Watts episode, we talked about, or I was mentioning the part about him trying to um, get his attorney to um, somehow miraculously get him out of prison because he feels like he was railroaded, you know, like they made him confess to something that um, and maybe it can get thrown out or some really crazy, crazy stuff. Of course, there has it. I haven't seen anything new on that. I did research it and see if I could find anything new and I haven't seen anything because I, and I didn't expect to, but you never know, you know, right, right. Like a video conversation between him and his attorney. And he's just like, well, you know, they, you know, didn't, um, let you get, you know, um, an attorney, somebody to represent you and not, you know, ask you questions. And they kind of like, you know how they, the one lady, and I can't think of her name, but you always remember, I think her name was Tammy. Yeah, Tammy Lee. Yeah, when she said to him, you know, well, did something happen to the girls that caused you to do something to 
uh, Shanann. And I think his will started turning and he's like, oh yeah, that's what happened. She killed the girls and I went in there and, and, you know, Bella was blue and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I just turned around and killed her, which is so stupid because if she had killed one of them, one of them was live. So what happened to the second one? But anyway. Oh yeah. He admitted later that he got his idea for that first lie from the investigators yeah. themselves. I mean, right. you can almost even see it. He's not very sharp. And no, you can watch her, you, you can watch those in, interrogation tapes and you can videos and you can see her say that to him, him being like, no. And then the minute she leaves the room and his dad walks in, he tells that story to his dad. It's like, come yeah. on. Like, I mean, seriously, but I just, you know, it just makes you wonder, like, but anyway, that he so he's talking to his attorney about it, and they're trying to think of all these different ways of, you know, somehow getting him, getting the getting a new case and going back to court and getting him um basically getting literally getting him out of prison he's like i i really think i need that that the lord needs me out of prison so that i can uh you know talk to other people and get other people uh, and prevent this type of thing from happening it's just retarded like that <laughs> he even thinks that he can get out of prison it just i was just listening to it going you've got to be kidding me yeah, he's so goofy. He's not going anywhere. He's staying right there where he belongs. Yeah, they're going to laugh him out of it. Yeah, he's dreaming. I mean, that's just his narcissism again, messing with his head that he thinks that he can somehow talk his way out of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are people in prison for way less that aren't going anywhere. Um but yeah he did try to file some kind of something or whatever i've already forgot what it was called i read about it earlier can you imagine people laughing at him over that one i'd be like you've got to be kidding me get this crap out of my face <laughs> i'm not even giving this a time of day buddy oh yeah it's called a 35c application which i don't know the hurt the pain of oops 35c appeal yeah that's not that's not working obviously yeah, uh, just I can't even see them giving that time of day. Like, um, next. <laughs> yeah, what a waste of taxpayers' dollars. Let's exactly. move on. Exactly, and he's serious. Like he was, he was really, um, like he was super serious. And, and you could tell in the. I don't know if you heard the recording of them talking, but he's getting excited. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about this? And uh, what about? And you're like, dude, sit down. Yeah. Stop getting <laughs> excited. You're not going anywhere, buddy. That's just sad and silly. Um. But yeah, so um, our next episode, we're going to go back to our main case, which is the Missy Beavers case. And we wanted to say that if there's anybody out there listening that um, to this episode that also follows our main storyline, which is the Missy Beavers case, um, if there's anything, we have this way on Anchor where you can get on, if you have the Anchor app, if you don't have it, I believe it's just, it's free, right? Renee, you just download it. And you can go to True Crime Broads on Anchor and you can leave us a recorded message. And we will just, if with your permission only, we will drop that into a future episode. And if you have something to say to the perpetrator of Missy's crime, we are happy to drop that into our episode. Now, please don't use bad words and please don't try to implicate anyone in particular. But if you have a message for the killer of missy and something you think they need to hear that might help soften their hearts and make them want to turn themselves in or just anything you have to say um you know we'll we'll drop it in as long as it's appropriate 
um, now you don't have to leave a nice message, obviously, because we're talking to a horrible homicidal maniac, but you know what I'm saying, just not any cuss words or anything like that. Right. Um, but if you would like to do that, because I have some things that I would like to say to the perpetrator. And um, I think we've said things like this before, but I'm going to say it again. Listen, if you were the person listening to this episode and you killed Missy Beavers, you would be doing yourself a huge favor by turning yourself in, having to have your house swarmed by SWAT teams and have to, you know, that's going to be televised, by the way, they're going to have a TV, they're going to have journalists there filming this, it's going to be splashed all over the news everywhere in forever, people are going to, it'll be on Dateline 2020, all those shows, and they will show your butt getting hauled out of your house, doing the perp walk, which is, that's got to be so humiliating, you're in handcuffs, walking, being paraded out by the police to get into the police car, do you really want that, come on, just turn yourself in. Police will catch up to you. There is no way you're going to get away with this forever. It's a pure stroke of luck that you've gotten away with it this long. Just turn yourself in. That's going to humiliate your family, your friends. Nobody wants to see you doing that perp walk. Okay. Go turn yourself in. That's the only thing I have to say to the perp tonight. Yeah, I'm going to have to get my little letter together another time. I remember we did do this before though. And uh, I mean, it was a long time ago. And uh, yeah it's you know the thing about it is is that you know you you know this person has family of some sort you know we don't know to what extent obviously because we don't know who did it but they have family and you know that's another thing you know I mean what kind of what do you want to put you you're putting your family through so much by not just turning yourself in and making this you know easier for them it's not I guess it might be somewhat uh, easier for you because you don't have to continue dealing with the, you know, nagging, um, the thought of what you did and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, it's, it's not going to be good either way. So it is going to be easier to turn yourself in and, and get this ball, get your right where you belong for real. Absolutely. So, um, so I guess that's it. I guess we'll end on that note. And Hopefully, you know, our main cause is we want Missy's killer caught. There has not been a lot of new stuff about her case. So we've been covering some other cases here and there. Chris Watts, you know, there's so much you can talk about there. We could probably do another episode on him someday. But for now, I think we're done with him. And we'll get to get right back to Missy next time. Um, we have a pretty good episode planned and we're looking forward to it. And um, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Renee, did you have anything you wanted to say before we ended? Uh, we do have a couple of things coming up. Um, we have a, an upcoming episode with um, another uh, group that has a podcast, True Crime Podcast. And then uh, we were supposed to have it, but it, we ended up having to reschedule it. But uh, we have that coming up and we're hoping to get some more um, interesting um, people to, have, to be on our podcast, you know, law enforcement, things like that yeah yeah Bobby gonna... Chacon did a great job and you know John Kelly was awesome I just loved um Joseph Scott Morgan we've been so fortunate with our guests so far I think we we're definitely going to try to keep that going and we do have some things cooking and we'll update you on that as soon as we can yep absolutely All right. thank you so much for tuning in to true crime bras we hope everyone has a great day thanks for listening Good night. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Yes. Yeah. 